This is Channel 253. In this episode of Nerd Farmer. I want the teachers to know that they should be patient with the kids because they're also trying to get back on to their feet as well. Mm-hmm. Like getting back in the swing of like a normal-ish life. Did you know Channel 253 is member supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. This is the Nerd Farmer Podcast, a national conversation through a local lens. Welcome to the Nerd Farmer Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Pacific Lutheran University. My name is Nate, and I'm your host, an American teacher in gorgeous, sunny Abu Dhabi, or as I learned this summer, Iranians call it Abu Zabi. I am back here in my kind of adopted homeland, uh, doing my thing. We're now in our third week of school, and I'm thinking a lot about Tacoma. Uh, All my friends and the staff at Lincoln High School are gearing up to go back. We're recording this on the Sunday before Labor Day, and school will start for students in Tacoma on Wednesday. And I want to have a conversation, and I've been having conversations about back to school. In the first conversation, I talked to school board candidate Bill Hanawalt about his perspective as a partner for Tacoma Schools. In episode number two, I talked to Robin Lake from the Center on Reinventing Public Education. And today, I'm reaching out to a now three-time show guest, a member of the Smoking Jacket Society, my Cambodian homeboy, Salong. Salong, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me again. And Salong, you brought somebody along this time who looks a lot like you. Who is that handsome chap over there? Uh, this is my son, Harlem, man. <laughs> kid. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Harlem. I'm, I'm going to Lincoln. <laughs> so, Harlem, I'm super glad to have you on the show. Uh, for folks who don't know, I worked at Lincoln High School in Tacoma for 10 years. And in those 10 years, I always work with ninth graders. And so, Harlem, you're somebody who would have been in my class if I was still there. And I want to bring you into this conversation. I've been talking to adults about back to school, and I'm glad to have a student. Uh, Harlem, let's start with you really fast. Yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm really curious. Over the last couple of years, you basically have either been remote or going back and forth through this hybrid. What has that been like as a learner for you to experience? As a learner, it's kind of like difficult because it's like, um, I don't know. I haven't really thought of it. It's just kind of difficult because it's like you're always moving environments and then it's, yeah, it's just difficult. (laughs) No, it's been long enough. Like, do you remember what a normal school day feels like or, or does that feel like distant to you? Um, I, I have a vivid memory, but I don't like remember it like exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and so long, how about you? So you, you've been watching your children go through remote school. What has it been like you as a parent to kind of observe this process? Well, for me as a parent approaching this as everyone's going through the same thing, I, I, just, mm-hmm. I, I approach it a more of a positive lens that um, we are privileged enough to have the equipment and the computers and the internet connection for both of my children, both my kids to, to learn. And um, I think I'm fortunate because my kids are a little older. They're both preteens. Harlem's a teenager. And where they're willing, they're able to navigate themselves to through the process of getting online and learning remotely. So I was really, um, a lot of the time, hands off. Um, I'm, I don't really worry too much about the education itself because I know 
he, if he falls behind during this pandemic, remote learning where we were set up to do it, he's not the only one. So I offer a lot of grace. Um, my wife, his, mo his mother was the one really um, more more involved, making sure they do the homework. I'm like, if they do it, they do it. I, I don't think that they're going to get, you know, the school system is not going to fail them, you know. So I was really more trying to approach and let him figure it out, let both my children figure it out on their own. And um, they, you know, they, they, they were good students before the pandemic happened. So I, I trust them and their uh, responsibilities to, uh, you know, really take control of their own education. And if they need me for anything, I'm, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, Harlem, how are you feeling about going back? And let's let's focus on like the, the academic parts. Like, are you excited to go back to school in theory in person this fall? Um. I'm excited to see friends, but like academically, I'm not very excited because I probably don't retain a lot of information from last year. Because mm -hmm. I didn't, yeah, I just don't, I didn't really pay attention to last online learnings. <laughs> well, so if I may probe, was that something where that, that was a choice that you were making or was that the instruction or like what was going on? Oh, I just zoned out being in a different environment because when I'm in my room, I'm usually doing something that I want to do. Yeah. And school is like, I'm not saying the hassle, but it's like, they, yeah, <laughs> I know how to explain it. I'm not very no, good at it. You're explaining it. Just, no, you're explaining it just like a ninth grader would, honestly, like, like all respect, all respect. So let's, let's talk about like the current moment that we're in Harlem, if you don't mind. So like, obviously this pandemic is going on and like, it's had an impact on society. How much is like the pandemic a part of your social media and a part of your awareness? Or is it something where you don't give it a lot of thought? I don't give it a lot of thought. It's like stay indoors, be safe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, so, so Long, how about you? How are you feeling about him going back to school in the pandemic? You know, I'm a little anxious. Um, luckily, he's 14, you know, over 12. So he's vaccinated. My other son, oh, sixth grade going to Stewart. He's turning 12 in October, so I can't wait for him to get vaccinated. But otherwise, you know, as long as, you know, they're staying safe, being as safe as they can, wearing their masks. And um, I am anxious. If I had a choice, I probably wouldn't send him to school right now. But, um, you know, he's excited to see his friends. And uh, that comes, it comes to a point for me where, uh, I mean, it's just part of the risk now of, you know, taking to school. But luckily, he's vaccinated. And hopefully, you know, we just hope for the best. Yeah. If I had a choice, I wouldn't send it. You know, That's real talk. That's real talk. Uh, yeah. Har Harlem, did you go to some sort of like orientation? Has there been an orientation in the building uh, or is it all online? No, there's been an orientation. There's a there's a couple of days where they sent us back to school. Or it's and just how did, environment. Yeah, and how'd that feel for you? Um, It felt cool because it was like nice getting out the house. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw his friends, you know, he saw his friends that he um, missed last year too. Uh, yeah. And was everybody masked up? Yeah, everybody was there. Or masked up. Yeah, everybody that, social distancing and such. Harlem, that's something I want to hear a little bit about because so I don't know what the situation is in schools in the States necessarily. So for context, I'm over here in Abu Dhabi. Uh, for us, we are in person right now. We're all masked up. Uh, if you're on campus and over the age of 16, you have to be vaccinated. All that stuff, all that stuff, all that stuff. Uh, in your environment, you said that people at orientation were wearing masks. Yeah. When you went back, so did you go back for some of the in-person days in the spring of last year? Yeah, yeah, there And was yeah. it the same setup? Yeah, same setup, basically. And do you have a problem? Like, So how do you feel about wearing a mask? Like, does it bother you at all? No, it's just, 
staying safe and doing what you need to do, you know? So, so long, I'm, I'm, I want to pivot to the parent point of view because like I know that there's a lot of folks who are listening to this show who have parents. I'm sorry, who have parents, who are parents and have kids. There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like you are getting the appropriate amount of communication that you would like from the school and from the district about like what's going to be happening with Harlem and how things are going to operate this spring and this fall? Yeah, I think um, communication goes both ways too, right? I think the schools mm-hmm. do a good job of, of informing us of what's to expect in the upcoming year. Um, but at the same time, uh, I have to be open to receiving the information that they gave me too. Um, I know TPS uh, kind of bugs me with their their robocalls and text messages and emails, but they're just trying to communicate us. So sometimes I, I don't pay attention as much as I do, but I do appreciate them reaching out. But uh, as far as school goes, uh, you know, being here in Tacoma, being, uh, I think that Tacoma is a pretty progressive city where everyone's really um, advocating for masks and vaccines. So that that makes me feel a little bit better of sending, uh, you know, Harlem to most of my children to school in, in a community that's really advocating for everybody's safety. You know, you, you have some naysayers here and there, but I think overall, um, in my opinion, the whole overall community is pretty, um, you know, positive in, in, in enforcing masks and just being safe, taking care of each yeah. other. It's honestly good to hear that because in a lot of the conversations I've been seeing online, a lot of places that have started earlier than us or started before, uh, parents and community members felt like they didn't get a lot of communication and there weren't plans in place. And so you feel like there's pretty firm plans in place and you know things are going to work for your kids? Yeah, I think so. But, you know, how you perceive things, too. Uh, I always try to, you know, keep a positive mindset going forward. And I know the school district is in a bind and they're doing their best, too. So where do I play in this equation? What can I do to best prepare my children with their knowledge and to keep them safe? And and, and so they can go and, and, you know, make their best decision when they're in school, too. So I have to take responsibility as well. So long, I'm really curious about like your personal feelings about this year coming up and sending Harlem to school. Like you are, and we'll talk about this in the second half of the show. You are a person who migrated to Tacoma as an immigrant and a refugee. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a part of your identity, something really proud of. But you've now had roots enough in the community that you're sending your son to your alma mater. Like, how does that feel? It feels great. Um, I didn't set out for this to happen at all um, for, you know, my kid to go to, to Lincoln High School as a freshman where I went. But it feels good. I think um, the Tacoma public school system did did pretty good with me. I, I, I came out OK. And, you know, I came to the United States and didn't speak English till the third, fourth grade. And um, I, I'm really happy that he gets to experience what I, I think experiences, which are one of the main reasons why. Because we used to live in Portland and we moved up here in 2014 was to get my children uh it more immersed in diversity, you know, living in Portland, there's a lot of schools that are, are, are like majority white. And um, I just wanted my kids to experience something different. Just experience the same things I went through as a Lincoln High School or, you know, the East Side Tacoma um, um, environment. So that's, I brought them here. That's one of the reasons. And one of the reasons too, they're, you know, my mom's first set of grandkids. We want to be close mm-hmm. to her as well. So, but I, I'm really proud. I'm really happy. And, and I hope you had a good experience. Yeah. So Harlem, like your dad's low key, kind of like a, a minor celebrity in the community and like definitely in the Cambodian community. And like I worked at Lincoln long enough to know like how strong the Cambodian community is in East Tacoma. Um, does it feel weird to you? You're like a legacy, like you're almost like the 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 legacy at the university where like your your dad was a big wig back in the day. Does it feel weird to you to be going to the school your dad went to? Um, Kind of, because 
when I was born in Fulton, I thought it was going to stay in Fulton. But then when we mm-hmm. moved up here, uh, my life changed. <laughs> How did it change? How did it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, it just did. No, no pressure, man. So one of the things I saw online is your dad shared a video of like him and his crew back at Lincoln in the nineties. Harlem, you saw that video, right? Yeah. Whole hour. So what was that? <laughs> so like, what was it like to see that and know like that's the school you're going to? Um, there's a lot of history behind it. That's what I mm. gained from that video. And it was really cool back in, back in the day too. <laughs> Well, and what's awesome to me is that, like, you have an opportunity to build your own legacy of a school. Like, there's one thing I know about that school and, like, those teachers is, is that, like, if you want to engage, like, there's space to engage and be yourself. And so, like, I just hope that you have a good time when you get there. Um, Here's a question I've been thinking about how to ask this. I'm just going to ask it and just kind of go for it. So, Harlem, I have a ton of teachers listen to the show. And I just wonder, what is one thing you wish that you wish the teachers who are serving students in Tacoma knew about the way students are feeling about this upcoming school year? Um, just be mindful of the students. Like how so? Like just, just acknowledge that the students also have feelings and emotions because sometimes teachers just, I don't know. I got to think about it. Hold on. Here, I'll give you a moment to think about it. And, and mm-hmm. Harlem, I love your, your authentic giggly self. Like it's all good. It's all good. So, so long, let's give Harlem a moment to think about this. As a parent, what's something that you wish teachers would have in mind and keep in mind going into the school year? I think uh, just just as we offer our essential workers a lot of grace, I think the teachers also deserve a lot of grace going back to the school year, but uh, students as, as well. So I think there should be a mutual understanding that we're all going through the same thing and, and it can get stressful for, for the student and the teacher. So, you know, just be mindful, just be mindful and, and, and you know, practice a lot of uh, humility and grace to, for the students who are also struggling and trying to get back. So, and, and you know, I tell my kids the same thing. You have to offer the, the teachers grace too because they're dealing with a lot as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Harlem, that was your think time for an answer, by the way. So, okay. uh, what do you got, man? Um, I want the teachers to know that they should be patient with the kids because they're also trying to get back on to their feet as well. Mm-hmm. Like getting back in the swing of like a normal ish life. So, yeah. 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 No, honestly, uh, Salong, I can't help but bring up a story that we've seen kind of bubbling up locally. Mm-hmm. Down in Vancouver, there is a group of protesters. Actually, I won't call them protesters. There's a group of, uh, frankly, modern fascists, the Proud Boys, who have shown up on campuses in Vancouver to protest against student mask mandates. When oh. you saw that happening in the news, uh, what went through your head? You know, to be honest, I, I haven't seen that on the news yet. But now that you've told me, it's, it's um, I don't know. I think it's scary, but it's an opportunity for me to teach my children that, you know, the the right to protest is also there. We might disagree with what they're protesting, but at the same time, the Pride Boys with the reputation of, of the violence is kind of scary too, you know. Um, but I grew up in the 90s, so the <laughs> violence was pretty normalized. And sure. And I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really have a good opinion on that. I just hope they don't show up here in Tacoma. And, you know, they, they have, um, uh, not too long ago, I think it was 4th of July, um, you know, Point Rusted didn't have a, a celebration or thing, but there's a, 
we saw a truck with the Proud Boys flag flying through the back, and you know they were they were from here. Yeah. But it is kind of scary. Uh, that that just adds to the anxiety with the Delta variant of COVID and the pandemic. And then you have, you know, these Proud Boys coming in, and just 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 for political reasons. I think it's just um, it's a reality of it. Uh, it's a good learning opportunity for us. Uh, I just you know I just hope it doesn't escalate to anything that you know that will cause any harm to anybody. Yeah, it came on my radar because I'm plugged in with teachers down there and I'll put it in the show notes. A teacher kind of shared their experience of like what it's like to have essentially yeah. people protesting against their students and against their staff at their school. And like, that's not what anybody needs to start their year. Um, Harlem, I'm going to just last question for you before we go to, go to the break. Yeah, I find that students are keen observers of adults and that students oftentimes are watching when adults think they aren't watching. You have watched the last 18, 20 months of this COVID pandemic, and you've seen like the really good in, in, in adults and like how people have like risen to the responsibility and, and brought community together, but also like less good in adults. What has the last 18 months taught you about adults? Like what lessons are you taking away about how adults operate and like what's happening on, what's happening with adults in society today? What's happening with adults? Yeah. That's a pretty big question. Um, I've learned that adults can, I guess, like, be friends and come together, but then they can also just, like, tear each other apart, and it's scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, Harlem, if I'm just going to tell you something that I didn't realize that I was older than you, and I'm just going to bless you with this right now. Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I used to think that, like, there was this level of adult out there who, like, was in charge of society, who was, like, extra, extra smart and extra responsible and, like, had it all together. And that person doesn't exist. It's people like your dad and it's going to be people like you one day. All right. All right. So with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, um, I want to talk about two things that are near and dear to my heart uh, that Salong loves expertise on. And then also for the first time in the history of the show, we have a game. Yeah. So we'll be back. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 show Nerd Farmer. And this episode is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. If we've learned anything from the last two years, is that the future is unpredictable, which is why education and higher education in particular should equip students with the ability to be flexible and innovate. Students should leave college with the determination needed to understand a problem and explore solutions. And they need a spark of creativity so they can find new ways to turn their smart ideas into reality. But these traits and skills can only be set into motion by one thing, transformative care. Pacific Lutheran University is a small private college where caring means more than kindness and consideration. It means bold commitment to expanding well-being, opportunities, and justice. And just let me add an amen to that. Caring helps us all to question paradigms and draw new connections in pursuit of truth constantly challenging ourselves and the world we love to be better for our neighbors, those down the street, and thousands of miles away. PLU is more than a campus full of individuals pursuing their dreams. It's a community of seekers, trailblazers, creators, and reformers who know we can accomplish more together than apart. To apply, schedule a campus visit, or learn more about PLU's undergrad and graduate programs, please visit plu.edu.
And we are back. I want to thank you for downloading the show today. The Nerd Farmer Podcast is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. We are a collection of podcasts born and bred in Tacoma telling stories and giving points of view you won't hear elsewhere. Uh, we try to elevate voices like Salong's voice and like, like Harlem's voice and to give you perspective on what's happened in our community. If you believe in what we're doing with the show and you want to hear more conversations like this, I'm going to encourage you to join, join Channel 253 as a member. Your membership costs $4 a month or $40 a year. And as a member, you get access to member-only benefits, which include our off-the-record podcast hosted by Doug, and then also our member-only Slack, where there are conversations happening uh, constantly about what's going on in Tacoma. Uh, currently, in the conversation Tacoma News, there is a breakdown of what's happening with the Delta, uh, the Delta variant and numbers in uh, Tacoma and Pierce County that seem to be plateauing, but also there's a spike in, of unvaccinated people uh, in multi-care facilities, and people are talking about that data. And so if you want to have your finger on the pulse of the Tacoma community, think about joining Channel 253 as a member. Your membership dollars will help keep this work alive. All right. So Harlem, you saw during the break how it all works. Uh, so long, I want to ask you a question that I've been thinking about all week. So I'm here in the Gulf, and I have been seeing what's happening in Afghanistan. And we're seeing for the second time in my lifetime, or in our lifetimes, we're about the same age, that there's a country that U.S. policy has basically torn asunder, and now there's a refugee outflow from the country. I wonder, as somebody who came out of Cambodia as a child and experienced what you experienced growing up and as a refugee, what is it like for you to watch what's happening right now? For me, it's uh, I think it's horrible what's happening over there. Um, it's a it, so to me, there's so many parallels of what happened in in 1975 and 1979 during the Vietnam War and how the U.S. kind of destabilizes countries and now create refugees and and it's it's I, it's on my mind all the time ever since I've I've been aware of the news. Um, but I feel like you know as no matter how we feel about the situation over in Afghanistan, this we need to take action here because there's folks coming here, they're flying here as refugees, and the Seattle and Tacoma areas was one of the you know places that they're gonna be resettled. So I feel for me, it's an obligation for me who came to the United States in the same manner to step up and do my part since I'm in a position in a privileged position to. So I've signed up for the Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Services to, to volunteer to pick folks up from the airport and get to settle in an apartment. So I'm just waiting for that email. And I just feel like um, it's now time for me to step up, not just for me, but my community too, the, the Cambodian community, the Vietnamese community, the Lao community who came in the same manner, who have been able to establish ourselves. And I feel it's an obligation for us to step up to help them settle and, and provide a better situation than how we would grew up, you know, when we were, when we came in the 80s, the United States was not ready. They weren't ready to provide resources for us. They just kind of stuck us where they stuck us. And, you know, um, maybe may the odds be ever in your favor, like the Hunger Games. But I think now, since we, the United States have, you know, a little, little bit of experience of dealing with refugees and immigrants, since the Southeast Asian um, influx of refugees from Southeast Asia, I think we, we should have a better idea of how to resettle these folks. I just can't, I, I can't help but think about how much Tacoma has improved and is made a better place by the presence of Vietnamese and Cambodian families. 
And I, my hope is, is that 30 years from now, we're having the same conversation about how families from Afghanistan have come and set up businesses and integrate themselves into the community and are a part of the breathing fabric of the city because we are improved by our diversity and that diversity makes us a better place. So Harlem, you know the story of your dad's arrival in the country and your family's history, yes? Yeah. So I'm not sure how much news you're paying to have out of Afghanistan, but kind of the same question for you. What is it like for you as a teenager to watch what's happening and the idea that these refugees are coming to the community? Mm. Um, I think it's sad that history is repeating itself like it did back in like the late 70s. But I hope that we can give the Afghans a better environment, I guess, as we did with the Vietnamese and Cambodian that came over in the 70s. I just remember like, and it's going to happen. Like there's, there's going to be kids that show up in your school who are going to be fresh out of refugee camp, fresh out of resettlement. And it's just my hope they're welcome with open arms. All right. That's a little heavy. Let's get some fun stuff. I actually prepared the first ever nerd farmer game. And so Harlem, you're going to be a contestant. And here's the deal. The question is, is, is the thing I'm describing older than or younger than your dad? <laughs> He's pretty old. All right. Okay. All right. So, Harlem, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Never okay. been better. <laughs> okay. So, Harlem, the first, the first question: the nation of Croatia is the nation of Croatia older than or younger than your dad? Croatia, I think, is a little younger. Just a little bit, maybe. <laughs> That's actually correct. That is correct. So Croatia gained its independence in 1991 with a dissolution of the state of Yugoslavia. That is one point for you. Wow. All right. All right. All right. So Harlem, number two. The Seattle Seahawks. Are the Seattle Seahawks older than or younger than your dad? Older because they're like early 70s and dad is late 70s. That is also correct. The Seattle Seahawks were established in 1974. <laughs> Harlem, let's go. I did not expect two for two. I All right. I didn't either. I didn't either. Right. <laughs> well, and so long as cracking me up because we're the same age. So I'm just like, oh, man. All right. <laughs> okay, Harlem, I, I think I got you on this one. Uh-oh. Sandra Day O'Connor became the first Supreme Court justice who was a woman in U.S. history before or after your dad was born? After. God, dog it. That is correct. Oh Sandra God. Day O'Connor <laughs> took her seat on the Supreme Court in 1981. You are three for three. I did not see this coming. All right. Next. The Watergate break-in. So the Watergate scandal was a political scandal. It started with a break-in and a robbery of Democratic Party headquarters. Was that before or after your dad was born? Um, after, maybe. Oh, and that is incorrect, my friend. I'm sorry. Well, you had to get one wrong sooner or later. You were killing it. The yeah. Watergate break-in actually happened in 1972. Hmm. All right. Two more to go. You ready? Yeah. So, Harlem, the release of the first Star Wars movie, Star Wars A New Hope, was that before or after your dad was born? Um, I'm not really a movie buff, so I'm going to guess. Uh, 
before. <laughs> that is correct. A New Hope was released in 1977. The George Lucas film went on to gross a butt ton of money and create nerds all over the planet. Mm. All right, Arlem, final question. Final question. Okay, okay. The release of the world's first personal computer, the Altar 8800 by MITS Corporation, before or after your father was born? Oh. I want to say before. <laughs> that is correct. Again, the Altar 8880, sorry, 8800 was introduced into market in 1974. Harlem, you killed this game. I had no, I, man, I I was ready to talk generational smack. You know your history, son. Great job. I'm too, impressed. Surprised me too. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Did not see it coming. Did not see it coming. Hey, I want to thank both of you for coming on the show today. Uh, so long. If people want to follow you on the socials, where should they look? Um, just at the fake salam on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Okay. And then Harlem, you got a little Twitter account, a couple of followers there. Why don't you uh, tell people where to follow you? Um, Chun Harlem, C-H-H-U-N-H-A-R-L-E-M. All right. Uh, and Harlem, I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, I wish you an excellent start to your school year and a great future at Lincoln. Like, I'm super excited to have you there. I know folks on the staff that are happy you're going to be there. And just, I wish you nothing but the best. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us on. It's been a good time. Oh, man. First time. Uh, after, after Helm stomped my game, man, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, y'all. All right, later. Okay, bye. Wakanda forever, y'all. Wash your hands, get vaccinated, go Sounders, and convict the police that killed Manuel Ellis. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Well, it's all good. It's all good. Nerd Farmer is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows. Interchangeable White Ladies. Give me the mic. We Art Tacoma. Move to Tacoma. Taco Man. Flounder's B-Team. Crossing Division. Citizen Tacoma. And What Say You? This is Channel 253.